This episode of the MGMA podcast is brought to you by Walmart Business. It's the Walmart you love, now for business. Get everything you need for your staff and patients in one place. Enjoy big savings on health and safety products, cleaning supplies, over-the-counter medications, and much more. And don't forget the break room snacks. Create a free account today and start shopping at business.walmart.com. That's business.walmart.com. From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. That is one of the most frustrating things from this experience that I had with the ophthalmology clinic is that someone in that organization, whoever I was on the phone with, knew precisely what they needed to be doing. And unfortunately, it was hindered by everybody else who didn't. So do we have a lack of education? Do we have a lack of training? Do we have a process breakdown? Um, you know, and it is, it's, it's rampant in the industry. That's Taya Moheiser, Chief Revenue Cycle Officer of H4 Technology, talking about experiencing revenue collection inefficiencies in a medical practice. We're going to hear more revenue cycle insights from Taya, as well as Kim Tolliver in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors. Are you still asking your patients, how did you hear about us? Listen, there are better ways to track that. Your great reputation, fantastic website, and amazing advertising campaigns don't matter if they don't bring in new patients. If you're not collecting data on your marketing efforts, you're wasting your marketing spend. Visit get.socialclimb.com forward slash MGMA to learn how Social Climb's platform helps you get more patients with data back marketing that tracks patients from first touch to a scheduled visit and beyond. It's that time of year again, registration for MGMA's Medical Practice Excellence Leaders Conference. We're gonna pull out all the stops this year to put on the premier medical practice conference. Last year in San Diego, Leaders was a blast. It was nice to get back to in-person events and I'm excited to attend again this year in Boston. The conference is this October 9th through the 12th, so register soon and don't miss this opportunity to learn and advance your career. Head to mgma.com forward slash events to learn more and to register today. Our guests today are Taya Moheiser, Chief Revenue Cycle Officer of H4 Technology, and Kim Tolliver, President and CEO of Medical Revenue Cycle Specialist. Kim and Taya are colleagues, friends, co-presenters, and authorities on revenue cycle management. They're also the authors of Revenue Cycle Management, Don't Get Lost in the Financial Maze. It's a pleasure to welcome them back to the MGMA Insights podcast. Kim and Taya, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks Hello. for having us. We love being on here with you. It's been too long. It really it has. Is. So we got to figure something out to get you back on here more often. I 
I didn't even track down the dates, but I know that we had you back in 2019 at the publishing of your book. We may have had you on here in between those two times as well, but I do want to start with both of you. Um, I'll start with, because this is how I see y'all on my screen. Tay, I want to start with you. Just bring us up to speed on what you've been doing, let's just say in the last year or so, any new news you can share with the MGMA audience? Boy, new news. Well, um, I am merging my company in. Uh, there's a software company that was a client of mine for a while, and I'm now merging in with them so that I have some more resources kind of to add into this revenue cycle arsenal. Um, and Kem and I have been working a lot more closely together, which has been awesome. And we are just kind of diving deep into this sort of rescue and recovery model for revenue cycle management. So that's been a lot of fun, right? We don't, we don't want to see providers going away or closing up shops. So the ability to do that has been really cool. And, and I'm getting married next month. So it's been oh my gosh, buried the lead. <laughs> Holy moly. Well, Taya, congratulations. Thank that's, you. That's so exciting. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, spe I'm speechless here. I cannot uh, top that at all. No. We'll just end the show now. No, uh, Kim, tell, bring us up to speed on what's been going on in your world then. Well, so I have been doing a lot of local supportive initiatives with uh, the health information exchanges here in Maryland and DC, Chris. Um, and I've also been working with uh, Howard University Hospital and the University of District of Columbia, UDC, um, they have come up with a phenomenal collaborative that really um, supports workforce development in the District of Columbia. And I am honored to be a part of the collaborative of uh, instructors who will be presenting content for individuals who are looking to understand health information technology. And I'll be helping with coding and, and revenue cycle management. So a lot of fun local projects that I've been working on, um, but then also the, the things that I'm doing with Taya and H4 Technology have been super great because Taya and I, obviously we love working together, um, providing content development and delivery nationally, um, but really getting into RCM automation and identifying ways that we can recover um, lost revenue has been a lot of fun. That's fantastic. Now. In the next, let's say, 25 minutes, we're going to try to cover as many things as we can here with the two of y'all. I should have just developed some kind of speed round where we have <laughs> like a green light, red light going here, but we're going to cover a lot of ground here as quickly as we can. So let's just, let's, let's start with um, one of the items that y'all are partnering with MGMA on. So y'all are going to be speaking a couple of times at the Leaders Conference in Boston. That's gonna be October 9th through the 12th. And I'll provide everyone um, a link to that who wants to learn more or register for that show. But one of the shows, one of the sessions that y'all are gonna be involved in is on uh, pain points. We were talking about this offline. So Kim, I wanna stay with you on this. Tell us a little bit about that session, what people can expect to learn and then if you want to delve into an example of a practice pain point that you're hearing about. Sure. So, you know, this, I, I'll just kind of say that this concept really was kind of developed after Taya and my personal experiences um, as patients in the healthcare system. 
Um, we have seen a lot of broken and disjointed processes as patients ourselves. And for, for all of us who are in healthcare, we have that um, healthcare financial literacy that most patients do not have. And what we wanted to do is kind of um, challenge our, our audience to think from the patient's perspective and how we can close some of these gaps that might keep patients out of care because they don't understand bills or they're getting incorrect bills. Um, the, the processes that may um, actually impact patient satisfaction because patients aren't being, give, being um, given the information that they need um, at the time of service, prior to service, or at the conclusion of service. Say, I know this is also super you know, important to you, so I don't wanna hog up the description here. <laughs> you know, if, if you could also share your perspective as well. Yes, it's going to be a pretty fun presentation from my perspective. You know, we always try to shake things up a little bit. I think we have uh, some topics that are kind of evergreen, and those are typically our, our pre-cons, but this is something that we haven't done too much as kind of stepping into the shoes of the patient, and we have had so many direct, just crazy interactions where we're like, take my money, you guys. And, <laughs> and the practices aren't, aren't doing it or they're, or they're doing it in a way that's making it harder for them. And it's so painful for Kem and I to watch. Um, so we're pretty excited about this session. And yeah. uh, oh, oh my gosh, Kem, and we're writing another book for MGMA. We didn't even mention that. Yay! My gosh. Uh, that Daniel, was... we didn't mention that. <laughs> we totally, yeah, we, we we have another book um, on the horizon, so not it won't be out by annual, but um, we're excited about that too. Yeah. So as far as that book is concerned, maybe we can cover this in more detail, but I did want to just, just give us a snapshot then. What is this um, a sequel to the first one? What, uh, <laughs> you have more special effects in this one? I mean, what's happening? What is, the, <laughs> what, yeah, what's going so. on in this book? So the first one, uh, we really intended the first one to be a primer. So okay. um, sort of if you had no experience with revenue cycle management, you read that book cover to cover, that you should have a good understanding of all of the steps in that process. Mm -hmm. This book, I wouldn't really call it a sequel. Kem may disagree, okay. I'm not sure, but oh, yeah. I would say this is more um, of expansion into sort of advanced level revenue cycle management. So this book sort of assumes that you already know all of that information, you're well-versed on it, you've been working in this, and you are looking for those next level steps. You're not, you already have the basics down, right? Yeah, and I would also add to that, this is more of a financial management yes. and financial mastery um, mm. novel. <laughs> novel, it feels like a novel, I'm sorry. Because it does feel really like a novel. It's, it's a nonfiction. <laughs> A nonfiction novel. It, it is, though. You're right. It's more financial mastery because we don't just cover revenue cycle management. We talk about a lot of other topics in there. Yeah. Total cost of care, um, service line management. Capital uh, management. Yeah. It, exactly. And what we also try to do in this book is we try to give some tips at the end of each chapter that kind of talk about ways that you can kind of enhance the mastery within your organization for, for each of the topics. So we're really excited to, to partner with MGMA on that manuscript. Mm -hmm. well, give us an idea then, when, when do you expect it to be out? 
Uh, so we're pretty excited. We've been getting oh. we don't, don't get us in trouble. Okay. okay. Um, okay. But yeah. what we really want to do, so I think at MGMA, we kind of feel like the, the financial management, that FinCon attendee list, those are our people, right? Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are really the people that reach out to us the most with questions mm-hmm. or topic ideas. Um, and so our goal is to have it ready for them Okay. By, by the next financial conference. Obviously, it's available to everybody, but um, we really want to make sure that the people who want it and need it the most, that we're being mindful of that. Uh, now, nothing's set in stone, and we don't want to get slapped on the wrist, so I'm going to say that's our goal as opposed goal. to the definite. <laughs> right. Well, I know that it takes a long time to write a book and then a long time to get it through all the publishing uh, hoops, so to speak. So, so we can hopefully have it sometime in uh, spring of 23, but if not, we'll keep the MGMA audience up to speed on any progress on that. And then uh, we'll definitely have you back on the show as we did with the first book. So you can talk about that. I did want to come back to those pain points because we were talking offline and I think y'all were telling me that you had some examples that you wanted to share. So yes. Taya, I'll stay with you first, uh, give us some idea of the kind of examples that uh, the audiences can expect to hear in that session. Sure. And and I definitely don't want to give them all away, but I will give away um, uh, this one. So I have, um, I went to the ophthalmologist because my daughter um, is just like a ninja and she went to grab something and cut me right across my oh. eye. So with her pinky finger, just a ninja, right? 18 month old ninja is what I've got at home. And um, I went to go see the ophthalmologist. They called on the phone. I'm like, can I come in today? She said, absolutely. You uh, give me your insurance info. I'll run it right now. She said, you have a deductible. So we're going to just take the payment in full when you get here. Perfect. Thank you for letting me know up front. So I get there, I check in. I said, hey, I need to pay this deductible amount. And she goes, no, 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 you'll do that at checkout after you're seen. We want to make sure you're seen before we collect any money from you. And Kim and I always believe in collecting up front, but I was like, all right, that's fine. We'll collect it at checkout, right? So I get seen, the doctor gives me medication and she runs through all this stuff with me and she spent a good deal of time with me in the room. And then she's like, all right, you're free to go. And I said, okay, and where's the checkout desk? And she goes, you can skip checkout. And I said, oh, no, no, I have to pay my deductible. And she goes, I don't think so. We don't, we don't do that. And I said, well, that's what the lady at the front desk told me. And she's like, oh, well, if they told you up front, okay, go ahead. And that was the provider. So I go to checkout and I'm like, I need to, you know, pay for my appointment. And she goes, uh, nope, you're all good. And I said, I, I don't think I am. And she said, well, this is you, right? And I, you know, she's showing me the paper and I say, yeah, that's me. And this is your insurance. Yep. Nope. Nope. Nothing's due. I said, well, I haven't met my deductible, you know? So I, I think that you need money from me. And she goes, I'll check with my manager. I'm like, all right, here we go. I mean, take my freaking money. Okay. The manager comes out and she goes, is there a problem, miss? I mean, we looked at everything and we, we don't need any money from you. I said, okay. And I left. And about a full month later, I got an invoice for the amount that I could have paid that day and was happy to pay that day. So it's just stuff like that. You're like, come on, why are, why are we doing this to ourselves guys? I tried with three different people to give you my money. And instead you had to go through this entire process of billing and, you know, sending it to the sending it to me in an invoice, which costs money and, you know, placing a phone call, Hey, you have a new bill due, you know? So we have tons of examples like that, that Mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about. That's just one. 
Well, let me yeah. follow up with that, and then I want to ask Kim about it. So I have a family member who works at a at a doctor's office, and um, she had done the front desk and some different things like that, and then uh, got promoted to do more of the financial side of it. And they had a feeling that some things were falling through the cracks um, for years with the prior mm-hmm. person who had been kind of doing the, the financial side of it. And they said, look, we really want you to just focus on patient records and things that are, were we getting paid what we were supposed to be getting paid? And she told me that she found like 50,000 bucks that should be paid to the office that had not been, that, that they weren't yeah. filing it right, they weren't doing this right. The sad part is that is our reality. Mm-hmm. Um, what yeah. what you just described is not uncommon, unfortunately. Except the I low would, number because 50,000 right. is yeah. actually low. This is a tiny I, one dot practice. It's tiny. It, it's a very small um, practice. He's kind of even, you know, nearing retirement, that sort of thing. So he's not working the hours he used to. And this is just what she found. I haven't talked to her in a year. Maybe she's found a heck of a, that's just what she found through her um, investigation quickly yeah. um, there. And so so to, to answer your question, it, it's, it's unfortunately not uncommon. And um, when we're in Boston this year, we actually are going to do an encore kind of presentation of our develop your strategic RCM work plan um, session that we provided in uh, at the at FinCon 2022, um, and that program will will kind of address that gap that you just mentioned, right? So the the goal here is again to offer a three hour kind of interactive, as Taya said, pre conference. Um, session with 50 to 70 of our most, you know, um, um, most friendly RCM uh, leaders. Our and closest and friends. Closest yes. friends, right? It's really um, those but, RCM folks. <laughs> right. Um, but what we offer in that program are assessment tools, screening tools, case studies, um, and we've incorporated really the, the kind of corporate strategic strategic planning methodology into revenue cycle. Um, and that that gives our, our listeners and our audience the tools and the resources that they need to identify the gaps that you just mentioned. I, I was meeting with a client um, on Friday and you know I had to break the news to her that last year there was $190,000 worth of unreimbursable, yeah, you're shaking your head, yeah. <laughs> unreimbursable yeah. um, services. So aside from identifying those pain points that our patients are encountering. And if you think about it, as we're still technically in a public health emergency, the last thing that we need is we, we don't want patients avoiding care because of cost right. issue, right? Or cost concerns. So for, for someone like Taya, everyone wants a Taya as their patient who is begging you for their money. But guess what? Not all patients are going to be Taya right? Mm -hmm. They are not going to um, do the due diligence that Taya did to make sure that you get paid. Um, So what we want to do is, uh, in addition to addressing those pain points and looking at the RCM from the patient's perspective, what we also want to do with with our audience in Boston, we want to think about that strategic plan and identify those ways that you can fill the gaps in your revenue cycle, um, put the right processes in place, use the right technology 
um, and make sure that your staff um, are as educated as possible with, um, you know, the roles that they play in your organization's RCM. Mm-hmm. That was just such a great point too, Kim, because that is one of the most frustrating things from this experience that I had with the ophthalmology clinic is that someone in that organization, whoever I was on the phone with, knew precisely what they needed to be doing. And unfortunately, it was hindered by everybody else who didn't. So do we have a lack of education? Do we have a lack of training? Do we have a process breakdown? Um, you know, and it is, it's, it's rampant in the industry. Yeah, that's it. Taya, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to ask you uh, what was the problem in that particular case that you found? Was it because we all know about the staffing shortages, the staffing turnover, um, the, the lack of training or gaps in training. And so in this particular case, is there not just one thing you can put your finger on without meeting with the leaders in that practice to really analyze where it broke down and where they didn't do things and take the steps that they needed to, to take the money that you were trying to give them. So in this particular instance, it's actually more frustrating because it wasn't a process breakdown. Um, They had one, it was, it was a non-existent process. They had one employee who is doing what she was supposed to do on the phone, who came from a previous company, another position that had the proper processes and protocols in place. And so she'd already learned, you know, when patients have deductibles, they need to be upfront, we need to collect it. And so she was actually coached by her management team. Um, No, that's the way you did it the other place. We don't do that here. Our patients can't afford to do that. We're not going to do that here sort of thing, Um, which we hear a lot. We hear that a lot. And if your patients truly can't afford something, that happens, right? That's why we have financial hardship programs and sliding fee payments and, and all of that, that sort of thing. Um, but to kind of make that generalized statement was, was huge. So in this situation, it was a lack of process even existing. It wasn't a process breakdown. She was actually coached to not behave that way going forward. And Daniel, if you think about it, we're, we have quite a few billing collections in RCM staff who are, who are working virtually right? Mm-hmm. So we already had the, the, the kind of disjointed communications with everyone in the same location. So imagine now what it looks like from a disjointed um, process when you have some folks who are working from home, others who are in the office, and they're not communicating. So the person who is on the phone telling the patients what they should be paying is not the person who's in the office actually interacting with that patient in, in person. And so there's a lack of uh, communication or disjointed processes there as well. So it's really about making sure that we see um, all of our processes as you know, uniform and standard um, for the entire organization um, and that we're making the best decisions um, on behalf of the organization and the patient. Because at the end of the day, the patient's gonna get that bill. So it's a customer service um, you know, area that we have to look at as well, right? We don't want to spend extra money sending out a patient statement which then increases our overall um, healthcare cost and our expenses, which then requires us to think about how are we going to um, how are we going to, to pay bills um, if our expenses continue to be high. Our expenses do not need to be high if we're if we're using kind of lean processes and if we're educating our staff correctly. 
So and, yeah, and yeah. with the, the conversion factor projected to go down next year and all of the flexibilities of the public health emergency projected to go away, it now is the time to make sure that everything is buttoned up. Mm -hmm. it, is it any of that, you were talking about it being uniform within the practice. Can it be uniform within the industry? Is it easy to replicate from <laughs> practice to practice? <laughs> oh, Daniel, we love talking to you. Thanks, you should thanks. join right. government affairs with us. Oh, good, good. I think you're you on to something over there. You, you really are. You know, from... From the organization's perspective, I think that we could um, come up with some, some pretty standard best practices that most of us implement. Uh, and I think that's what MGMA is here for, right? I mean, you guys mm -hmm. provide a lot of those best practice um, you know, opportunities for folks to, 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 to kind of jump on the bandwagon. So the more MGMA organizations who are attending these types of uh, programs and you know, the, the RCM and financial management certs, there, there could actually be more standardization from the organizational perspective. For sure. So I did want to remind everyone, so this, this workshop that y'all are going to do, it's called Develop Your Strategic RCM Work Plan. This is going to be a pre-con, uh, as Kim mentioned earlier. It's Sunday, October 9th, uh, 9 a.m. to noon. This is prior to the you know the show so if anybody really wants to work on that strategic plan get hands-on advice some tools and resources there this is the workshop for you this is fantastic and y'all did this you said at the financial conference just give us an idea without tooting your own horn too much <laughs> what was the response just give us an idea of people who did go through this workshop with you what, yeah. what was the feedback that you received just so we can understand that it was very positive. And we actually, you know, Kem and I try to, to remain humble. I don't know. I know the listeners can't see it, but you may be able to see it, Daniel. I've got that sign yeah. up there. Always remain humble and kind. Our goal is always just to push things out. So we never just want to pat ourselves on the back and we read the feedback like you wouldn't believe. We want to know, are these topics important? Are they, you know, are they current? Are they meaningful to you? Um, and we did get really, really good feedback. It was one of the reasons we wanted to present it again. Um, and one of the really cool things about this, like anytime we do a pre-con, but this one in particular, is that it's so quickly actionable. We had people in the conference coming up to us for the rest of the conference going, hey, remember you talked about this. I already called into my office. We're doing this, but I have a question. And we can just answer it right then for them um, to help them along that process so that they're actually beginning to correct behavior and correct process before they even leave the conference. And there are folks that are still reaching out to us. We've had two or three um, this summer that have reached out and said, hey, you talked about this, we've been working on this, but we hit a roadblock. And we try to help as much as as much as we possibly can with, with all of these folks. Some, of, some people, yes, we end up, we're like, okay, this is a project, we're gonna have to contract with you. <laughs> But for the most part, you know, we we grew up working with other practice managers, you know, in small little practice management symposium groups and things like that, where everybody helps everybody else out. And I think that's the coolest thing from my perspective is that we're able to pay something forward that is meaningful um, and gives us that opportunity to continue to network like we used to in the old days, right, when we were all on site together. Yeah, I want to be respectful of y'all's time. I know that um, maybe both of y'all uh, have a meeting here at the top of the hour. So I wanted to give you one more as you're pushing out that information, that thought leadership that you've got. 
I know that there are a couple more things that you've got uh, in the works here. One is something you're doing. You're, you've got your own podcast. Y'all are uh, competing with me for listeners' ears. <laughs> but um, I wanted y'all to tell uh, our audience a little bit about your podcast so they could directly access that. Sure. So Taya and I, we are the co-hosts and owners of Rev Dive, which is our podcast that is all things revenue cycle management, all things related to revenue cycle management, um, all things uh, healthcare thought leadership. And um, we have had some really exciting guests. We, we've we had um, Mr. Leinberger, who is a phenomenal um, industry uh, expert, who is also a, a military uh, veteran. Um, we very recently had Scott Becker from Becker's Healthcare, which was a career high for both Taya and I to um, have, yeah, to, to have him on the show and then, and then also to be invited on his show um, soon after, uh, you know, I think for, for, for the, the rest of the year for, for Rev Dive, we want to get as much information out to our colleagues as possible. So um, being able to partner with, with, um, you know, industry uh, experts like MGMA and, and others would, would really be a tremendous um, benefit to what we call our rev divers, our our audience members. Okay. Well, I see we're bumping up against time. I know y'all have some other uh, uh, meetings and uh, things going on on y'all schedules today, but I wanted to let everyone know I will put in the show notes links to each of these different resources that uh, Taya and Kim have been talking about. And I want to thank y'all again for joining the show. Uh, y'all are always welcome. You should come on here more often. I, it's probably up to me though, right? So Tay and Kim, I want to thank you so much and we will uh, be talking to y'all again soon. Thank you so much, Thanks. Daniel. Thanks, Daniel. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guests, Taya Moheiser and Kim Tolliver, authorities on revenue cycle management, and authors of Revenue Cycle Management Don't Get Lost in the Financial Maze. Kim and Taya are going to be speakers at the upcoming MGMA Medical Practice Excellence Leaders Conference in Boston. We also want to thank Social Climb and MGMA Events for sponsoring this week's show. If you're not collecting data on your marketing efforts, you're wasting your marketing spend. Visit Get dot socialclimb.com forward slash mgma to learn how social climbs platform helps you get more patience with databack marketing that tracks patients from first touch to a scheduled visit and beyond registration for mgma's medical practice excellence leaders conference is now open last year in san diego leaders was a blast it was nice to get back to in-person events, and I'm excited to attend again this year in Boston. The conference will be held this October 9th through the 12th, so register soon and don't miss this opportunity to learn and advance your career. Go to mgma.com forward slash events. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. And to access all of our podcasts, Go to mgma.com slash listen. And if you want to add to the conversation or suggest experts for us to interview, 
email us at podcast at mgma.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at MGMADaniel. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights Podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership. Thanks. The popular buzzword we've been seeing everywhere is AI. But what we all want to know is how we can implement and use it to our advantage. When it comes to improving margins, accelerating cash flow, and optimizing staff performance, There's a one-stop shop using cloud-based predictive analytics. MGMA Analytics is your AI-enabled tool that upscales technology you've already been paying for, so you can silo your disparate systems and make data-backed business decisions. Visit mgma.com slash analytics and see how AI can revolutionize your finances in operations. Again, visit mgma.com slash analytics today.